Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm totally stoked about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Guy Kawasaki, and we're going to explore how to better persuade people by evangelizing them. And Guy's going to take us back in the time machine to what it was like when he was an evangelist for Apple Computer in 1984, working for Steve Jobs and trying to evangelize the Apple Computer, along with some other exciting stuff that we're going to talk about. By the way, email me at podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com if you have any questions. And let's now transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? Well, I found a really cool tool for social media marketers out there like myself who are crunching numbers and doing reporting and need to show percentage increases or what percent of what is another number kind of a thing. You know what I'm talking about because you see my slides all the time. But uh, often, so what what I'm getting at here is it's a percentage calculator tool for free online. Okay, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so it, you can find it at percentagecalculator.net, and right there, without having to do all the heavy math yourself, you literally drop the numbers in in a sentence-formatted structure that's already there, and then you hit calculate, and it will tell you. So I could drop in, uh, so for example, the first sentence that's on there, it says, what is, and then it's got blank, uh, what is blank percent of blank, question mark. So I could type in, uh, for example, I could type in five and then 25 and hit calculate and it would give me uh, 20%. What if you have two different numbers and you want to know whether it's gone up or down? Does it calculate the percentage of that as well? That's the third sentence there. It's what is the percentage increase slash decrease from blank to blank? See, this is perfect because there's a lot of creative social media marketers that are numerically challenged. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. And I think one of them is not me and it might be you. (laughs) And um, it's it's me. And the cool news is that, you know, a lot of people forget which one goes in front of which one and all this. Do you subtract one? Do you multiply it? Do you divide it? This is really cool. So for anybody who's a social marketer, or any kind of marketer that's listening that has to kind of put a report together and show percentage increases and decreases, and they just have raw data, this does the heavy lifting for you is what I hear you saying in an easy that's, to use way, yes. right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And, it. and it even goes a step further by putting it in that sentence format. Because again, those math challenged people like myself, hand raised, don't know. We, we know what it is we want to know. We just don't know how to calculate it. And this will do that. Perfect. How do you, how do you find it again? 
Again, it is at percentagecalculator.net. And you're spelling out the word percentage, obviously. Yes, yes. And percentage, it's, it's a web-based PR, tool. Et cetera. <laughs> yep. Web-based tool, obviously. Totally free, right? Totally free, and it's web-based. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. This week, I'm very excited to be joined by Guy Kawasaki. If you don't know who Guy is, he is the chief evangelist at Canva, a brand ambassador for Mercedes and formerly the evangelist for Apple Computer. He's authored a lot of different books, including The Art of the Start and Enchantment. And he's got a brand new course called The Art of Evangelism, How to Promote Your Product, Service, Company, or Idea. Guy, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me back. So uh, today, Guy and I are going to explore how you promote and advocate on behalf of a company. So Guy, I want to go back in time to um, the early days when you were the evangelist at Apple Computer. Can you kind of tell everybody what that was like? And Sure. And did you have any background in evangelism at that point? Yeah, no. Uh, I had a background in jewelry sales tell you the truth, which, believe it or not, was a very good background for evangelism. So I started at the Macintosh division in 1983, and my job was a software evangelist. And that meant that I would meet with software and hardware developers to convince them to write Macintosh software and Macintosh peripherals. So the, the reason why we use the term evangelism for this position was that we viewed Macintosh as not merely another personal computer platform, but quote-unquote good news. So evangelism comes from Greek words meaning bringing the good news. So I brought the good news of Macintosh to developers and how it would, to use the words of Steve Jobs, dent the universe. Huh. And so that was my job. What, now, which, uh, what year is that and what, what, which version of the Apple computer was, were you involved with? Yeah, this was 1983, 1984, the introduction of Macintosh. Wow. What was the response uh, as you were going around talking to these developers about this brand new thing that was, you know, that we know now changed the world? But what was the response back then? The response was universally, at least initially, enthusiastic. Really? Because it, it was so different from the Apple II, so different from the IBM PC. For many developers... It represented a way to write software that they always wished they could 
use. So graphical user interface, color, you know, all the good stuff. Sounds trivial now, but all the good stuff. So this was a, a, a brand new palette, if you will, for software companies. And that, it was a very positive initial reaction. The, you know, of, of course, like all things, the honeymoon wears off because it was very difficult to write Macintosh software because of the lack of tools and documentation, but also because it was a different mindset. So if you were doing sort of 24 by 80 column-based software, and now you see Mac Paint, Mac Write, you know, graphical user interface, mouse-based, color, iconic, you know, all this kind of stuff, it's a completely different mindset. Now, funny enough, uh, you said you did not come from a developer background. So how did you communicate to these people? Because obviously developers have their own style and unique way of communicating, right? Yes. So I came from the jewelry business. I was in sales in the jewelry business, which is an intensely personal, you know, mono a mono kind of business. And uh, that actually helped me a lot because at some level, yes, Macintosh it was a, a new technology, a new platform, new kind of software, et cetera, et cetera. But at another level, Macintosh required the suspension of disbelief that you, know, you could bring yourself to believe that this new personal computer platform could succeed. And that's a very, shall I say, analog transaction. That is not digital. So... Uh, Quick answer is, uh, it was a great product. Uh, it was the right product at the right time. I worked very hard, and the people that I worked with at Apple, you know, obviously helped me with the technology part, because I had zero background in technology, which is true to this day. Wow. So, fast forward to today, you are the evangelist for Canva, and you also are an ambassador for Mercedes. How is... How is this concept any different than it was back in the 80s when you were doing it for Apple? I'd say the concept is pretty much the same. It's about bringing the good news, whether it is a new way to create graphics, Canva, computing with, with Macintosh. Uh, the, the difference is that I think there are so many more tools for an evangelist today than back when I did it. Because back when I did it, you had a you know, gasoline credit card, you had a car, you had an airplane, you had copper-based phones. If you were lucky, you were dealing with someone with a fax machine, and that was it. And today, with social media and video conferencing and all this kind of stuff that breaks down distance and barriers and costs, it's much easier to be an evangelist. Awesome. So let's translate the um, let's let's define what you. I know you said evangelism is bringing the good news, but help um, those marketers that are listening right now understand what the benefits are to evangelism and how it differs from just quote unquote selling. Okay. So the difference between evangelism and sales is that typically an evangelist has the other person's best interest at heart as opposed to fulfilling his or her sales quota and earning his or her commission. So when I asked people to support Macintosh, I truly did believe that it would empower them, it would add a new line of revenue for them, it was good for them. Mm -hmm. Today, as the evangelist for Canva, 
when I ask people to use Canva, I truly do believe that it'll make them a better graphic designer. It'll enable them to create graphics that will increase their effectiveness as a communicator. Now, don't get me wrong. If you do use Canva or if you did buy a Macintosh or write Macintosh software, it was good for me. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you know, I'm, I'm a saint. Uh, on the other hand, it was also good for the other party. And that's the crucial difference between evangelism and sales. So the, the, the necessary part of evangelism is you have to have a great product because it's very hard to evangelize crap. Mm. So luckily, I've been affiliated with two great products, Macintosh and Canva. And I could make the case that you know, the better the product, the easier the evangelism. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that uh, a little while ago that in the olden days you had to rely on, you know, driving around town and maybe if you're lucky, faxing documents and doing things very slow and very time consuming and very costly. Um, today, in the world of social media marketing, what kind of special, unique advantages do we have as social media marketers when it comes to evangelism? Well, at the very highest level, you know, social media is basically fast, free, and easy. Right. So, you know, could I do a Facebook Live to demonstrate Macintosh today? Absolutely. Could I reach thousands of people all over the world immediately, inexpensively, and effectively? Absolutely. I could not do that back in the 1980s. Now... You know, this, of course, means that other people can do it as easily. So, you know, good news, bad news. Good news is it's easier to evangelize. Bad news is there are more people evangelizing. Hmm. But, you know, if you said, Guy, you can, you can have it, you know, one of two ways. I would pick the way it is today. Very cool. Now, let's get into the craft of actually evangelizing. Um, yes. How do we start? What do we, is there some mindset stuff we have to think differently? Where do we, where do we begin? Yeah. So to begin with, it's a great product or service. So if you want to be an effective evangelist, you find or create a great product or service. But let's say that that box is checked. Then I think the most powerful tool that any evangelist has is the ability to do a demo. So great evangelists are great demonstrators mm -hmm. is basically what I'm saying. Uh, because when you demo a product, you're essentially saying, I think you're smart, and because I think you're smart, I'm not going to bludgeon you into becoming a customer. I'm going to let you decide by trying the product or service. And so enabling people to test drive or demo a product, uh, to see it in action is the key. Demos and test drives. Okay. So in the case of Mercedes, we're talking real test drives, <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, uh, I got a chance to go up there and drive in one of those self-driving cars, which was kind yeah. of exciting, you know? And now when I think of self-driving cars, I think of Mercedes. So, um, yeah. um, so that's interesting. So, um, I guess, you know, you mentioned earlier that one of the challenges that is that everybody is quote unquote doing some of these things. Do you think there is more resistance now from consumers or prospects to be willing to receive a demo because they're becoming wiser to the fact that everybody is doing it and and they know that there might be a pitch coming um, and does the is the demo a little harder to do right now because everybody seems to want to sign up for a demonstration probably you know 
uh, one of the gating items to many companies is will people download the app, right? So, yes, I'm telling you you're smart. Yes, I'm telling you that there's no risk trial. But, yes, I'm also telling you that you need to download an app. You need to set it up and all that. Right. So, you know, win some, lose some. You know, I'd much rather have the case today where I could reach millions of people and ask them to download an app than have to, what, visit their office and install it on their computer. You know, Uh, this brings up an interesting thought because in the olden days, it was live. Do we need to be live to be evangelists or can we create videos that live on our website at various points as people are researching? And can yeah, I, I absolutely think that you can create videos today. Well, And you can also have the best of both worlds with live video, right? So even live video, of course, that's archived. So you, in a sense, have video video. But live video means that you need a fast connection. You can be anywhere at any time. And you can share a desktop. Uh, there's a product called Wirecast that enables you to switch you know, cameras. So you could first use your MacBook Pro camera for your face. Then using Wirecast, you, you switch cameras to your uh, to a open window on your Macintosh. You switch camera to your iPad screen. You switch cameras to your iPhone screen. You know, you... Other than maybe in a very small group situation, you could make the case that the view that you get on Facebook Live using Wirecast is just as good, if not better, than if you were sitting in a large auditorium watching the big screen in the front of the room. Absolutely, because everybody can type in their questions on Facebook Live and all that kind of stuff. So, um, Okay, so what I hear you saying is that it's really valuable to show or allow people to experience whatever it is that you are trying to sell. Um, but in the case of when you were doing stuff with, with Apple, it was a more complex thing, right? Because you weren't necessarily able to show or were you able to show? I'm curious. Like, how, What if it's a complex sale and you can't show it to them? Instead, you're trying to get them to buy into something that is something they've maybe never heard of before, like developing and putting the work in to create something new is does do you, do you still need to show them well, something? Yeah. So, you know, let's pretend that there is an internet, but there is, and I'm trying to introduce a new computer platform, right? Mm-hmm. So probably the most effective part of our evangelist call uh, when we did it in person was we demonstrated Mac Paint and Mac Write. I see. Because Mac Paint and Mac Write. I guess many of your audience will not know what this was, but it, it was the first way to create graphics using a paintbrush and a spray can. It was and Photoshop and Word. It's the early versions, right? Yeah, exactly. And so you know, could you do that with a remote demo? Absolutely. No problem. And so... But you had to lug around a, uh, a little Mac SE or something like that? Uh <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We lugged around a Macintosh 128K. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that that was the first laptop. If if you were like, you know, Dwayne Johnson, yeah. Huh, that's crazy. So, um, all right. So when you're showing someone your product or your demo and you're talking about what's in it for them, right? Because that's obviously the key to different differentiation between evangelizing and selling. Um, at what point? Do you, I mean, at some point it's got to flip to a sale, 
I don't know. Does it or doesn't it? I mean, this is where, is there a bit of selling involved here? Uh, yes. I mean, you know, ABC, always be closing. Right. Um, I, you, you run a magnificent conference and you can demo video, I demo, using demo in quotes, from past sessions showing who spoke, showing snippets of who spoke and all this kind of stuff, right? Right. But at some point, someone's got to click on the button and say, I want to buy a ticket. Got and, it. You know, don't get me wrong, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's still ABC, but I, I think that, you know, and I've spoken and been to many of your conferences. I, I truly do believe that when attending your conference, you come out a better social media user. I mean, you could be you. I mean, I'm using the generic you. One could be evangelistic about your conference. Yeah. Because there, there's no doubt in my mind that it is good news. It You will come out of three days of your conference a better social media user. Yes, thank so you, Guy. And by the way, it's true. It's true. <laughs> guy And Guy's coming back to Social Media Marketing World 2018. But that's a great example. So what I hear you saying is instead of me saying, here's all the benefits and features of why yeah. this conference is better than another conference, instead you focus, is, you focus on what you just said. You will come out a better marketer. Or, you know... I mean, and, and that's that's really a positioning thing. And I think for, for many of us marketers that are gray-haired guys like me, um, <laughs> we've been trained a little bit backwards because we grew up in this features and benefits world, you know, yeah. um, and I think that it's it's a little less about that and a little bit more about understanding who you're talking to and what their needs are. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, absolutely. That, that, uh, you know, you, you have to think of your conference as good news. Yes, and you have to think of your product as good news, right? So, right. and you have to know what it could do for uh, the people that you're in front of, right? And right. is this where uh, you recommend lots of testimonials? Because in your case, you were showing off, you know, probably the two yeah. products that you well, had available at the time. Go ahead. In my case, it was difficult to use testimonials because it was not yet out, right? Right. So we had everybody under an NDA. Now, if, if I were trying to evangelize your conference, what I would do is I would say, okay, so here is, you know, Sally Smith. She runs social media for Procter & Gamble. And her quote is, you know, Procter & Gamble's effective, the effectiveness of Procter & Gamble's social media doubled because I went to this conference. Like, who would not come to a conference if Procter & Gamble said that? <laughs> and so, you know, that's the kind of thing. That's interesting. So it sounds like there is also an important part of collecting these kind of things so that we can use them to evangelize later. Do you do yeah. a lot of that with Canva right now? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, we run these sort of end user profiles of all these organizations that use Canva. And, and the thinking is, is, so for example, Huffington Post is a huge user of Canva. So, you know, we let the world know that, you know, one of the most popular web content site uses Canva to create social media graphics. Um, a, a lot of it is the, the comfort factor. Like, you know, when you hear large brands, the, the thinking is large brands know what they're doing and, and they demand great results. If they're using Canva, if they're attending social media um, marketing, world. marketing world, you know, it must be good. Now, obviously, that can break down, right? I mean, at some point you say, well, you know, Kim Kardashian recommends this dietary fiber product. Uh, 
yeah, or recommends eating at Burger King, not clear that that's the same thing. Right. But um, well, let me ask you this question, guy. Um, obviously evangelizing is really, uh, like you said, sharing the good news with a persuasive bent, right? Because we're trying to guide people down a path towards a solution that we want them to take. And if it's done well, it can be very persuasive. Talk to me a little bit about ethics a little bit here, because, you know, um, some people could, you know, basically, you know, cross some boundaries here. So let's talk about this a little bit. What do we need to be thinking about? Yes. Well, I think the moral compass is, is it truly good for the other person? Right. And, you know, of course, that assumes that you have some degree of intellectual honesty, but I don't know how else to do it. Uh, is there, is there, um, uh, I mean, this, this is part of, I think, maybe the difference between a salesperson and someone who is evangelizing because a salesperson is doing it to get a quota and they'll be willing to say whatever it takes to get the sale. Right. Um, where someone who is an evangelist, I, I, does that also include maybe not just sharing all the po- the pros about it, but maybe some of the reasons you might not want to consider it in order to kind of let people know that it may yeah. not be for everyone? Well, yes. I mean, I actually think that that's, you know, very powerful um, in the sense that if, if somebody said to you, uh, my primary concern is, I don't know, SEO optimization, and so is is your conference the right place for me to get a ton of knowledge on SEO? Uh, how would you answer that, Michael? I, mean, I would say you, absolutely not. Go to a Moz conference I, or something. <laughs> right, and so you know, I, I think that when you say no, or when you say you know, what's our weakness or, you know, don't come to our conference, you're going to the wrong. If somebody said, you know, would you design a logo in Canva? I'd say, well, you know, probably Illustrator might be better for that. Right. So I think when you say something like that, it, it makes people believe you when you say something is good. So right. if you say, don't come for SEO, that, and then you say, but do come to learn how to use Instagram for marketing, because you told me not to come for one reason, I believe you when you told me to come for another reason. Do you think that every business needs an evangelist, or is this a, is this concept of evangelist something that can be done by a someone who has a different title inside the company? Yeah, I, I you know, evangelism is one path to success. I don't think it's the only path. Uh, it, it is not suited for things that are not great. Uh, it also might not be suited for, in a sense, we're, in a sense, you know, we're doing what we just talked about, right? I'm telling you why evangelism won't work, so you believe me when I tell you it will work. Hmm. So if if you're in a commodity business and you're fighting on price, like literally price only, not clear to me that evangelism is the way to go. Um, if it's if, if if there are limitations, there are other ways to do it, and uh, I, I don't think it's the prescription for everybody. Is it uh, is is the concept? Uh, who is the ideal person to be doing evangelism? Like, how could we know if someone should is equipped to be able to do something like this? Because it sounds like it's not just anybody's task to take something like this on. Well, I, I would say that. 
the most important quality is that the person, quote-unquote, gets it, that he loves it. So in my case, as a Macintosh software evangelist, I have no technical background. So on paper, you'd say, well, how can we get someone who's never written a program in his life to be working with developers? Uh, well, what enabled me to succeed is I love Macintosh. <laughs> So, so if they have enthusiasm for the product and it's a bit infectious, <laughs> that's, yes. a, that's a good step in the right direction, right? Absolutely. Now, you know, I, I think when anybody selects people, they look at education, work experience, and, and those are the two things they usually check. I'm just suggesting you add at least a third, which is education, experience, and do they get it and love it? Right. Because you could have a perfect background in education and experience, but not love the product. Case in point, you know, if Microsoft called me up and said, Guy, would you become our evangelist for Windows? I have the perfect background, but I could not do it to save my life because I don't believe in it. Right, exactly. That's an interesting concept. So they have to have, they have to have, um, they have to believe in the product. They have to have a certain excitement about the product and truly love it. Uh, I would imagine they also have to be somewhat empathic of other people I, I don't think you could just have somebody who um like i'll give you an example um <laughs> i'm not going to mention the name of this company but my brokerage house you know i told them hey i'm paying too much for trades and um i want you guys to lower my trades because i trade almost every day multiple times a day so yeah. i get a call and this guy's the first thing he says is what can we do to keep your business and i'm thinking to myself that's not a way to start a call to keep somebody uh, because it's like putting it on me, like, well, I don't know, what can you do? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know, right, and I got the right. sense that this guy was really just a good old fashioned salesperson, and not like, hi, here's my name, and I'd love to find out more about what you do. So I don't know. I mean, like, is there a certain kind of like natural curiosity that would be beneficial for someone who's in this kind of job, or at least desire to want to get to know other people and not just immediately cut to the close? Well, uh, you know, a great evangelist, in order for you to deliver good news, you need to know what is good news for a person. So you need to know the person. Or, or at least the function that the person is in, right? Right. The ability to evangelize good news requires knowledge of the customer. That is for sure true. Yes. Yeah, I mean, with Macintosh, you needed to understand that uh, you're looking for someone who is frustrated finding computers difficult to learn and to use, uh, someone who doesn't want to be controlled by a central IT department, wants to you know, explore and learn by himself or herself, uh, whereas someone who's just basically trying to cover their ass and uh, not expand their capabilities or the capabilities of their job, probably not a good person. Absolutely. So, um, Guy, first of all, thank you so much for sharing your insight and your background and your experience with this whole concept of evangelism. I know you've got a course called The Art of Evangelism, which yeah. goes into a lot more depth than what we've talked about. So maybe you can tell everybody where they can just find it and where they can discover yes, more yes. about you. So my new course is called The Art of Evangelism, and it's available at Udemy, uh, U-D-E-M-Y. And so over the course of uh, several hours, I explain all the tactics of evangelism. Um, when you watch a course of mine, it's all tactical. Uh, I'm not talking about, you know, 50,000 foot 
sort of strategic direction. I'm talking how to how to make it happen. That's my orientation. And I can confirm that guy is a <laughs> is a in the trenches. Here's how you do it. Kind of a teacher. So if that's what you're looking for, you can find it at udemy.com slash the-art-of-evangelism. Or I would imagine you could just go to udemy.com and type in The Art of Evangelism and it should pop right up. It sure as hell better. <laughs> <laughs> Guy Kawasaki, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing thank all you. your wisdom. Thank you, Michael. Well, I hope you found some nuggets in that podcast episode. And I apologize that the audio wasn't as good as it could have been. If you missed anything, don't worry. We take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 268268. Hit subscribe on your podcast player so you never miss a future episode. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.